0: good morning welcome to first general truman arkansas this morning uh... welcome to everybody here in the sanctuary and everybody on youtube and facebook we're glad you're here um, last weekend we had the uh, gideon state convention in jonesboro uh, matt and i were there for the weekend and uh... really had a, a wonderful time we had some good speakers and some really encouraging and uplifting uh, testimonies the theme for the weekend was uh, first chronicles twenty two uh... Verse nineteen now in this uh... particular chapter uh... king david is instructing the leadership of israel to help uh... solomon build the temple you know at this time in israel's history the ark of the covenant was kept in a tent and David wanted to build a temple, a permanent structure to bring the Ark of the Covenant into, and God told him he could not because he was a man of war, a violent man, but so David wanted and got Solomon to build the temple. God approved that, and so David was instructing the leadership of Israel. Now, when I was reading this, and and I read it several times over the weekend, I translated that to our homes, What what is our homes uh, done in this form, and I'll read the verse, uh, First Chronicles 22, verse 19, it says, Now seek the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you can bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and the holy vessels of God into the temple built to honor the Lord's name. So I, I was thinking, you know. Is our homes built? Do we get up? Do we arise and build our homes every day that would glorify God? Uh, do we where we work? Are we working in an environment? Are we building an environment around us that would glorify God? Um, I was sharing this with my Sunday school class a little bit ago, and and the way I worded it then was, you know, if there was a knock on the door. And I opened it up and Jesus was standing there. Would I be okay with saying, Hey, come on in, Jesus, and let's sit a spell? Would he be glorified if he came into my home? Or would I be looking around going, Uh oh, I need to put this away or that away? Or, you know, I might be embarrassed if Jesus saw this. So my word was just, you know, are we building our homes? Are we building our lives to glorify God? So, amen. Go ahead and pray. Oh okay. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather in your house. It's so good to be here, Father. We uh we just we want to worship you and praise you and give you all the glory for all that you've done for us. Uh Father, we just uh we're just thankful that everybody's here uh... that they're healthy father we just uh, we pray for the folks that aren't here that whatever reason that you'll uh... be with them and uh... comfort them father we ask you to be with brother daryl this morning as he brings our message and our musicians and father we just we just love you for loving us and ask you to help us to be those christian men and women you've called us to be it's in jesus name i pray amen
1: Jesus, I sing for all that you've is devoted like a ring of solid gold like a vow that is tested Beyond my list you father the offense your kindness makes us whole you shoulder our weakness strength becomes our own now you're making me like you clothing me in white bringing beauty for my shares for you will have your bride free of all her guilt and rid of all her shame and known by her true name sing This is true.
2: Okay, we invite you to take your, up your Bible, turn it with us to Hebrews chapter 2 as we work through the book of Hebrews on Sundays. Hebrews chapter 2, and we will look at verses 1 through 4. And I want to, as we read through the text, I'm gonna, there's some key words that I want you to look for. Uh, one is, is the word drift away. The other is neglecting and then the last word is more. They won't necessarily come in that order, but that's the order I'm going to take them in. There's an outline of this message on the back side of your announcements if you have those in your hand, and most of this will be on the screen. So Hebrews chapter 2, 1 through 4. Let's uh, pause a little bit, pause a minute, and pray. Lord, as we come into your house, uh, help us to worship you. Uh, Help us to know you, help us to feel you, help us to see you, help us to hear you. As your word is taught, that we will learn from it, that it would apply to us. It's not just something from an old book, but that it is life. It is life. I ask you to help me. I ask you to give me a, an uh, extra portion of your strength. There is nothing that I can do without you. And uh, to top the list is to preach. I cannot preach without you. And I need uh, to, today, I need right now, an extra portion of your spirit to help me. I pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 2, 1 through 4. Paying closer, closer attention to those three words. Therefore, the pastor speaking to that church, to that Hebrew Christian church, probably in Rome, said, therefore, We must give more earnest heed, more. We must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. There's the second one, drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect, and there's the third word, if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and, and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So the warning and instruction, the teaching of that pastor in that day was uh, the warning the, to heed be careful of drifting away. If you're looking at your outline, "drift away" is a nautical; it's a mariner term. It's talking about a boat uh, term, of a boat slowly drifting away, almost unnoticeable. Uh, if you've ever, but I'm not going to get deep in, in, into that. But you've tied up a boat, and maybe the maybe the maybe the rope came loose, and you and just slowly begin to drift away. And you look up, and all of a sudden, you're a lot further from the dock than what you thought you were or if you're out if you're way out and you've got an anchor down and and somehow the anchor comes loose and i could see this a little bit more you're so far out say in the ocean you don't have a horizon to go by you don't have anything to go by you don't really notice how far you've drifted if if the anchor comes loose and so that's exactly the term and they understood the term when he used it in that day to to that church it's it's the term of of a boat drifting away, be careful spiritually of course we 're not really talking about boats, are we we 're talking about us. Be careful as you on in your spiritual life as you drift away almost unnoticeably it 's happening, but you 're not you 're not seeing it okay i 've got a question or two that that 's on your outline we 're going to have this on the on the screen also what is the what is the ultimate goal of your life? If we're talking about be careful, drifting away, getting off course, if you had to answer the question, what's the ultimate goal of your life? Where is your life le- leading you? Where are you going? If, I mean, if you literally had to write that down, what's the ultimate goal of your life? Where is your life leading you? Where, where are you going? I was, here's the sad part of the question is I'm afraid if I asked a lot of people that, they would look at me. You know, we use that term now, the, the deer in the headlight look. They look at kind of a dazed, uh, I don't know what to say look. I don't know what to say look. I don't know what you would say. What would if I mean if you had to answer what is the goal of your life? Where where is your life heading? Drifting away is about getting off course. Not drifting away is about staying on course. Staying in in that goal. This is the the fear that a lot of people really don't have one. They just really don't know. They don't have a goal. They don't have a I could ask questions like, what is your purpose? What did God make you for? Uh, What do you think God's doing? Where do you think God wants you to go? Where are you going? And I'm just afraid that a lot of people would say, you know what, I have no idea. Because I'm just kind of living life day to day and, and I'm going by how I feel. I'm going by what I want to do. I'm going by how culture leads me. I used this illustration, not illustration, but a thought uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, years and years ago in the United States, uh, public schools used this, uh, churches used this. The Westminster, Westminster Catechism, and I just used the first, the first question on the catechism, is uh, what is the chief end of man? What is the chief end of man? This was taught in public schools. Every first grader that this was used in was taught this. And they had and they you couldn't go on to second grade until you learned it. There were 90 there are 97 questions in the catechism kind of all along this line. What's the chief end of man? What God what did God make you for? What's your goal? And the answer is the, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So every first grader in the United States, before they could go on to the second grade, when they were asked, what's the chief end of man? If they were sitting here and they saw the question on the screen, what's the ultimate goal of your life? What's the chief end of man? They would say, I know the answer. (laughs) I know. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. A first grader. If I went into the average public school right now and said, hey, first graders, what is the ultimate goal of your life? What do you think? If I went into the average church today, what's the ultimate goal of your life? You know what the honest answer is? I have no idea. I have no idea. And I've never been asked that before. That's a shame. I don't ever want you to come to this church and never be asked that. Okay? Because you need to know. Life is that important. Life is that important, and life is that short, and life is that precious that we cannot afford. I cannot afford to waste a minute and not know what the goal is, or where I'm he- heading to, heading, he- heading to. What is the ultimate goal of your life? You need to know the answer to that. The next screen we come to the next word I'd ask you to remember, and that is neglecting. And the, the writer uses that word uh, in verse 3. How should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Neglecting is not rejecting. It's indifference. Uh, drifting in a boat is not I, I hate the boat and I, and I, I you know, don't want anything to do. It's just drifting. It's just drifting drifting is is not i i hate the anchor or i hate that dock you know and i'm but no it's just it's just uh you turn your head and all of a sudden you're not where you thought you should be but so neglecting is not rejecting but it's indifference it's the point where you no longer care that you don't care that is I could name a lot of sin that you can recover from. In fact, there isn't a sin that you can't recover from. There's nothing you can do that you can't recover from. But indifference, I'm I'm coming to learn, I really am, I'm coming to learn that this may be the most dangerous place that we can find ourselves in because you can come back from anything if you want to. But indifference is that place where you no longer care And you don't want to. When I ask, what's the ultimate goal of your life? The reason a lot of people can't answer that is because they don't really care. They're worried about what's on TV tonight. That's the big thing. They're worried about the, oh, I just go on, you know, and I'm going to step on your toes. And and I don't mean to do that. I'm not doing that on purpose. But there's just a whole list of things that we are just have become so much more important. The immediate thing to today what's happening right now and um, this is where uh, I've really debated all week. last Sunday, I was going to go to t- go to tony's Sunday school class and talk to them a little bit, just get some feedback. I did that this this morning I was going to do that last week, but tony was was speaking somewhere else, and so but I, I chose their class because they're, they're going through the book of Isaiah. And in the book of Isaiah, uh, similar to the book of Jeremiah, it's a, it's a prophet speaking to the nation. And uh, they're prophesying that judgment's going to come. And Jeremiah, a little more than Isaiah, is all about judgment's coming coming It's coming, it's here, and you can't do anything about it. It's here, it's not, God isn't going to change his mind, and so forth. But, so I wanted to talk to Tony's class about where they were in the book, and what they had talked about, judgment on the, judgment on the nation, and our culture, and uh, I'm sure you haven't paid that close attention, but a few years ago, I made a shift in my preaching, and I stopped Hardly mentioning and and bad-mouthing our culture at all. I I just stopped. Uh, You can hear almost every other preacher stand up and say, what's wrong with America is, and here, I'll tell you what's wrong with the church. You know, that's not hard to do. Any of you could get up and do that. Here's what's wrong with America. Here's what's wrong with church, and here's what's wrong with our church. In fact, you want to get up and do that. But that's easy to do. It's changing it that's hard to do. And a few years ago, I couldn't tell you the date. It's not like a light switch. But a few years ago, I just switched off of that. And you're just not going to hear me hardly ever get up and say, here's what's wrong with America, because getting up and saying it doesn't change it. What I've shifted to is just preaching to you. Preaching to you. Here's what I can do. Here's what you can do. Because the culture I'm afraid, I'm just afraid of where we are. I am afraid of where we are in our country. If you look around at our country and you don't see a problem in our culture, you're not paying attention you're not paying attention. And I'm afraid if you can look at the United States and the culture we live in and not see it, I'm afraid you're so much a part of it that you no longer see it and you're drifting. I was uh, So I've been thinking about that a few years and I'm not a prophet to the nation. So I'm real careful about what I say here. Real careful, because I'm not a prophet to the nation. God has not revealed anything to me, except to me about what I'm supposed to do. So a few years ago, I made the shift, and I just started, you know, speaking to you about spiritual things. But I was listening. I watched. The, I watched John MacArthur out in uh, past pastor uh, preach uh, two two messages that he had that are titled, It's Too Late for America. It's Too Late for, uh, too late for America. I don't know that. But very interesting. He is convinced of it. He is speaking to the nation like Jeremiah did. It's, it's too late. It's, it's too late. That's a scary thought. It's an uncomfortable thought. I don't like the thought. I'm not sure. I am not sure. But when you read Romans chapter 1, go home sometime, read read, read Romans chapter 1, read the whole thing. We're going to put one verse on the screen, Romans chapter 1, verse 28. You read Romans chapter 1, verse 28, and then read the rest of the chapter. And if you don't see America there, you're not seeing and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And the King James said a reprobate mind. I think "debase" is a word we would probably use, use, use a little bit more. But they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They, don't, they just don't want to any, anymore. God said, all right, I'll give you over. And then there's a long list of things that result from that. And so there's this this indifference that uh, I just don't know that we're going to bounce back from as a nation. Okay, now, that's where I stop. Because I'm not a prophet to the nation. I'm the pastor at First General Baptist Church. So, we're not going to talk about the problems with America anymore now. It comes down to us. America has drifted. If you can't see that, you're not seeing. But this message is not about that. This message is about us. You. You. If you're looking at your outline, we're down to that part take back control of your boat. Okay? Now, culture, here's, here's the thing. I, I know this. Culture's going to do what culture's going to do. America's going to do what America's going to do. I can't stop it. I can't change it. But I can change me. And I can control me. And I can a little bit influence you. And I want to do that. I have, maybe, maybe I give up on America. Maybe, maybe I don't. But I don't give up on you. And I don't give up on the people that God has placed me here. And when we talk about what is your goal, what is your pur- purpose, this right here is part of it for me. This is what I'm supposed to do. Everywhere, where everybody else goes and whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But this is what I'm supposed to do. Preaching to you right now and talking to you about this is what I'm, is what I'm supposed to do. Take back control of your boat. Let everybody else, you know, hey, they're going to do, but you, what you do, okay? Now, we come to that word uh, more, more earnest heed. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed, more is closer, more close attention, not less, not the same, but more, okay? Now, here's where we are. It's more heed, more attention, more close attention, not less, of course. I think we all get that, but not the same. What worked before isn't going to work anymore. We need more of it. Whatever it is, whatever it is that, that God's going to do in you, and I, I'm going to put it this way, a lot of almost everything in our spiritual life will revolve somewhere around our prayer life, our our word life, our worship life, and our witness life. And that's how—that's where we take our prayer life, our word life, our worship life, and we move that out and we start to affect others. That's our witness life. But probably somewhere in those, in those four things are what God's going to begin to work with you and has been working with you, and, and that's where the more comes in. Because this is where uh, we, we stay steadfast. All right. When the culture changes and the culture moves, staying the same and doing the same thing over and over is not going to work. It's not going to keep you. It's not going to keep you from drifting away and being like everyone else. There's a, uh, there's a famous verse in Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, As you see the day approach, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but even so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so the answer the pastor then says, and the answer that I'm telling you today is more. Whatever it is, if it's my prayer life, my life in the word, my life in worship, my life in witness, there will be turning points along the way there will be turning points in your spiritual life along the way and it will be uh, let's just say for instance prayer where the Holy Spirit will will begin to convict and begin to move and talk to you about okay it's time to start praying more it's time to start praying more if this is going to change, if you're going to change, if that's going to change around you, it's time for you to start praying more. If it's, the, if it's God's word, it's time for you to get into God's word more. Because here what you're doing is not having enough effect to really create change around you. You are drifting along with everyone else, and everyone else is drifting along with you. And what you're doing is not enough to control the boat. And so the answer is more. So it may be that, for instance, it's, the answer is going to be in more prayer. More prayer time, a different kind. of. It may be the answer is, is in more word. Getting into God's word. Stop pretending to get into God's word. Stop saying you're going to get into God's word. And get into God's word. And that's going to begin to create change around you to where you're, you are not drifting anymore. And those around you will stop drifting as much. So maybe it's worship, maybe it's the witness part, getting that out where people can, they they can see what you're doing, but you are securing your boat, you've got your boat tied up, get control of your boat. Stop drifting. I want you to know, I want you to know this, that as the pastor to this church, I am committed to you. And I am committed to not letting this boat drift. Now, if you want to jump boat, <laughs> that's up to you. I am committed that this boat will not drift. And that's through prayer, through God's word, through worship, through witness. I am committed as a father that this boat will not drift. Now, if my children want to go off and do something goof, goofy and drift themselves, now, hey, I can't stop that, but I want them to look back at dad and say, he did not drift. Dad was the same. I want you to see what you see right here at First General Baptist Church. When you see me in Walmart, I want it to be exactly the same thing. I'm just as loud in Walmart as I am here. Okay? Oh, that's our pastor, you know. I want my grandchildren to see Grandpa tied up securely Having his boat tied up securely, a boat that will, I want my grandchildren to see grandpa. He never drifts away, at a, he's always the same. Somebody in our church said this. I, I'm not going to call their name out, but we were in a small group one time, and she said, I've never been afraid of my children, and I'm not going to start now. <laughs> I like that. I've never been afraid of my children, and I'm not going to start now. I've never been afraid of my grandchildren. And I'm not going to start now. I want my friends. I want my church. I want my children. I want my grandchildren to see someone. That's my witness that is not going to drift. Let America do what America does. Let Truman do what Truman does. Let Jonesboro do what Jonesboro does. I can't help that. I can't stop that. But I can control me. Take control of your boat get back to tie your boat back up to where it's supposed to be and let other people see that let other people see that and let other people know that you mean that and really the Hebrew writer would say that's what you do that's what you do and I'm not going to let anybody move me from that because that's what that's what drifting does. That's not what I want to do. You, you take control of your boat right now. Starting right now. Things are going to be different. Things are going to get back the way they should be with me. Starting right now. I'm going to ask the Praise team to come on up. We're going to have our prayer time. And I don't know if you are going to have enough guts to do this, but this is where we step out. This is where we step up. This is where we let everybody else know, I'm stepping out, I'm stepping up. Uh, This is where we separate ourselves from the crowd a little bit by stepping out and stepping up. I'm going to ask you to stand up. As the band plays and sings, this is our prayer time. And I want this prayer time to be this. Lord, I don't know about anybody else. I can't control anyone else, but I can control me. And by coming to one of these chairs, standing, you can sit, you can kneel. What you're saying is, Lord, I want to be steadfast. I want to be faithful. And I want to maybe make some changes. I want to get back to where I know I should be. I want to be the witness that I know I should be. I want other people to see that steadfastness in me. But before they can see it, I've got to be it. So, Lord, help me. Help me to do that. And I'm coming to just say, Lord, that's what I want to do. I want to to be that person that's not drifting, but is steadfast and sure. If you've got the guts to step out and be different, Then everybody else, we invite you to come. Uh, I'm going to stand here. I usually step to the side, but I'm going to stand here because that's what I want to do. I want to be different. If you want to be that too, just come, and just by doing that, you're saying, that's me. I want to be steadfast and sure. We invite you to come.